0: You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. A state
1: of high performance.
0: You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. I should mention, we're recording this in person at the Beverly Hilton, which is like the most storied hotel in Hollywood where the, the Golden Globes happen and things like that. So we're in the middle of Hollywood. This is where the biohacking conference is every year. So that's my favorite place. Thanks for coming in.
2: I'm so excited to be here. Today's guest
0: is a well-known trainer from Sweden who has probably the hardest to pronounce name of any guest who's ever been on the show, Magnus Ligdebak. Did I say it right? You said it perfectly. All right, I studied actually, guys, for eight hours with (laughs) my Swedish wife in order to learn how to say that properly, so. Well, you did well. So does that mean I get, like, bonus personal trainer points or something?
2: um sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) a typical short swedish response i appreciate that
2: it would be interesting to to you know do a session or two with you
0: it would be you'd you'd probably kick my ass so you're famous because i mean you've got a youtube channel and you've trained ben affleck Katy perry like all kinds of crazy hollywood celebrities and you have the magnus method so i wanted to go deep with you about you know how you got to be there and what you do to make these people who are really high performers like your musicians artists actors have the worst life ever <laughs> in terms of travel and late nights and bad food and so you're overcoming all that with training because they have to look superhuman i wonder how you do it because i'm kind of lazy and i just want to learn from someone who already did the
2: work what makes you qualified to even go hey katie I'd like to show you how to have abs or whatever she wanted. <laughs> well, you know, it all started me, me doing a lot of sports growing up and back home in Sweden. I've been doing this for twenty-one years plus now, and um, I, I, I started working with all these athletes after my career was over as a hockey player. Now, and you know, I got certified as a trainer, and I started seeing all these athletes. And when you train with a hockey player or a soccer player, you look at them very. Sports specifically, mm-hmm. what do you need? And then I started getting all these actors and and um, musicians, pop artists. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting all these actors and and um, musicians, pop artists. Uh, one day, a guy walked into the gym. And and he was Max Martin. He's the most successful songwriter and producer in in history. So I I started working with him and he started taking me on his trips. And I I got an insight in the life of an artist. We would travel the world and, and, you know, he would record all these pop artists. And I, I started working with them. And I realized that no one was looking at these artists like they were athletes, they are, though, right? 100%. It, it was called being a celebrity trainer. A, a name that I'm, you know, it's attached to mine now, and I don't love it. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. It's not how, who you train, it's how you train. Mm-hmm. But, so I started breaking down, what do they need? If you got Britney Spears, and she's doing a 90-minute show in three-and-a-half-minute intervals, how should she work out in the gym? Mm-hmm. So I started adapting the training to the goal and to the client. And just by looking at them like they were athletes, their sport was singing and performing. Then I started traveling with them, and I realized that, oh my Lord, I'm seeing someone an hour in the gym, but here we are going from time zone to time zone, hotel room to radio promo, TV, sound check, show, airplane
0: and on over and over and over I didn't have the tools it, you know that reminds me of so Nikki Bella was on the show you know celebrity and also professional wrestler and she described exactly that life but it was very similar to what you'd hear even from like uh Third Eye Blind uh, um it, you know I, I've worked with those guys been backstage with them Th- they get beat to death by the road plus all the breathing that they're doing. And I never paid much attention to that um, until uh, Stephen Jenkins just said, Now, here's all my breathing that's planned out ahead for a show. And I was blown away yep. because it's a different kind of like endurance athletics with minimal recovery, almost like doing um, like an endurance event every day and just traveling around doing that. So they get ground down. But I, I wanted to ask you. So, I mean, here you are, you've got, you know, these nice big guns and everything. And you're training these people to look really good. But everything I know about training says that recovery is as important as training. And these guys are minimizing recovery. Like, how do you get around that?
2: Well, um, when you film a movie, it's really hard. Because then you have, like, 14-hour days when it's all in. It's all physical. And then you have a short turnaround. That That is a challenge, mm-hmm. let me tell you. So you do whatever you can. Um, but... Same thing with, with, with an artist when you're you know on tour. It, it's all about finding those spots. When when should I be eating? Can, can we get a break here to do you know some get an hour at the spa with some ice bath and mm-hmm. a sauna. Um, so you
0: recommend that to your clients as well as the I exercise. do.
2: And okay. you know for me, it's about creating good habits as well. Uh, when when let's say when when you're when you're on tour. Your schedule is created for you to take you from city to city to do radio promo and to do shows. There's nothing in there that is about you and your wellness. None at all. Nothing at all. Nothing to, to really look, what do you need? So if Katie Perry's got a show for 20,000 people at 8 p.m., I look at when should she, she be waking up? What type of workout should she be doing during the day, to optimize the performance at night. Okay. What is she doing three hours before a show, one hour before the show, or even 20 minutes? So traditionally, it's all been, you know, warming up the voice, doing a sound check, sitting in the locker room. But I'm, I'm big about looking at the details. How, wh- what do I do to optimize myself to perform? So I, when I get on stage, how do I know that I'm Done everything I can yeah. physically, and yeah. mentally, to be at my best. And what do you do after when you get off stage?
0: Uh, I think you're supposed to go out for drinks and make out with fans. <laughs> at least that, that's what I've mostly
2: seen from the yeah. rock stars I've hung with. Well, we'll do that for three <laughs> weeks straight. I know, <laughs> <laughs> right? See how you <laughs> wrecked. <right? laughs> so that's you know, when I got thrown into that world, I I, I start. I I, I I need more tools. So that's that's when I got into the lifestyle coaching, nutrition, and and really starting working on how I can help someone with structure and optimizing in with good habits, out with bad habits. The training's just a little part of it.
0: I love that you're saying that. I, I went through this period when I weighed 300 pounds when I was younger, and I, like, it's all about the training. So I said, I'm going to go on a low-fat, low-calorie diet. I'll work out an hour and a half a day, six days a week half weights half cardio and i'm going to do it no matter what and 18 months later i was still the same weight i was stronger but i was still fat
2: yeah and it drove me nuts but well, I that had, cardio 200 calories burnt on 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 the treadmill that 30 minutes and they will not you know that cinnamon roll that is 850 calories
0: they don't match no you can't pay for pizza on the treadmill no, no comes down could. to nutrition yeah
2: when it when well, it's about weight loss
0: uh, I love hearing a celebrity trainer say that because uh, it if someone had just told me that when I was 16, I would have just focused on my food instead of just beating myself up in the gym, right? Yeah. So how do you know or how would, would someone listening know, okay, I want to change my diet, but I still should train some amount. So for a mere mortal who maybe doesn't have to look like Gal Gadot you know, I don't have to be one yeah. of them or something,
2: what what's a normal training frequency? Well, let me start by... Addressing training and nutrition. I always get the question how much is training? How much is nutrition? Is it 50 50, 60 40? Just know that you shouldn't even talk about nutrition and training in the same sentence. You need to get on top of your nutrition (laughs) and on top of your training, both in a balanced way. So, what I would recommend to someone who wants to start that journey is to not be too hard on themselves. Because we tend to be go from zero to 100 or, or going to extreme. And then, you know, you, you're good for a week and then you fall off the wagon. And you set yourself up for failure. So a system that I use a lot is my 17 out of 20 method, which is, is bulletproof. There, there's no, you cannot fail. You never fail. You don't need to feel like a failure ever. So if you eat 20 meals... I want 17 out of 20 to be on point. Cool. Three out of 20 enjoy life. Even if just you're like,
0: like eating complete garbage or yes, just a little bit? Yes. See, I, I have a hard time with that. I, I used to do that, you know, cheat days, right? Kind of a similar thing. Treat days. And, yeah, and, or treat days. sir. And, and I'll still do that. Yeah. But on a treat day, fine, I'll have some extra sugar that day. But I'm not going to eat like the Twinkies. I'm not going to eat hydrogenated fat. I'm not going to eat gluten because I know I'm going to have cravings for three days afterwards, yep. and it's
2: going to lower my energy. So, like, how
0: do I feel okay the Unlike next day you. after a cheat
2: day? I'm like you, but okay. most people aren't. So, okay, fair point. What what what, what I'm what I'm trying what I've realized after twenty years plus is that you need to come up with a system that where people don't feel like they're failing yeah. as soon as they make a mistake. So, if people really want that Twinkie, they can have it. It's not going to be The greatest thing, sugar is terrible for you. And and I have, you know, it messes with me for days. But at least there's a plan. A plan of after that Twinkie that I know that, oh, I need to get back to my 17 clean meals.
0: So it's not about perfection because perfectionism kills everything. And a lot of people say, I failed on the diet. Therefore, it's just all Twinkies. C- and, correct. And you've gotten rid of that with so, the Magnus Method.
2: So if you're too extreme, you know, one Twinkie and it's over, oh, I failed. Same thing with training. If, if, uh, if I'm supposed to be training really hard six days a week and I don't have it in me and do five, oh, I failed. Right. So I think that you should start, first of all, look at training holistic. I, I I'm involved in all these extreme makeovers, right? Mm-hmm. I build these superheroes for the big screen, but... I preach balance, and I think that you should look at training m- from a much more holistic perspective. Look at three things. One, what do I like to do? Mm-hmm. Number two, what does my body need? Number three, what do I want to master or get better at? Many times, mm-hmm. those three things are different things. They might well be said. the same. That should create your weekly programming. Okay. So for me, strength training is my number one meditation yoga is my number two i need it my three is brazilian jiu-jitsu
0: okay
2: i don't enjoy it every time i have to admit i'm getting my butt kicked Mm -hmm. um but i love the art form and i love to get better at it so the the beautiful thing about that once you have those three figured out you can actually make all those benefit each other okay so i can do yoga poses that benefits my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, human strength training that benefits that. So I think I think that's the way you should approach it.
0: Okay, so you look to get benefits across multiple goals by just picking this stuff. So it's high return on investment for the minute you spend exercising. It, it's funny. So I I don't have the the schedule of you know rock star where it's every night, but I've been through weeks where I'm doing four main stage presentations in different cities. Uh, actually, quite often. Yes. Um, I would never wake up and do, like, a heavy lift, <laughs> right? Because, like, I want, I want to bring the energy to the audience. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, you know, waste it on plates or something. But I'll, I'm going to go for a walk and do some stretches or meditation or something. So I've got blood flowing, but I'm not actually already burning out what I'm planning to share with the, the audience, right? Smart. Smart. Is that kind of a, a similar recommendation to what you're doing?
2: Correct. So that lift, uh, th- that session might have been, if you and I would work together, we... we would probably do that the day before. And then okay. on the day of, we would do something that helps you to take up the oxygen, like a couple of high intensity interval. Okay. A um, couple of sprints. Interval, a couple of sprints. Okay. Stretching, opening up, optimizing airflow in the lungs. Okay.
0: Do you do specific breathing exercises with your clients? Um,
2: no. What I do is I, I work with a lot of isometric exercises to, to open up your lungs and to line your spine okay you see your spine is a postural muscle Mm -hmm. it's always activated we don't you don't choose to activate it so you need to work it in a different way to reprogram it you need to work isometric more than six seconds so i I do isometric work on the spine to reprogram you so you have a better posture And a better airflow.
0: So so when they walk on stage, their posture is perfect. And isometrics, some people listening may not be into training. So that's when you're pushing against a force that doesn't move. So basically standing against the wall and pushing as hard as you can, knowing it's not going to move. Correct. Okay. Okay. And so you have people that like lean back and push their head back against the floor kind of things?
2: That's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, And I think that when when me or my clients are traveling, when when you're traveling a lot, you can do that. In, in when you're sitting in your seat mm-hmm. on a flight as well just push back your spine flatten out your mm-hmm. neck so that's that's a good one that i recommend just to re reprogram your spine because we're born this way and we die this way mm-hmm. so we constantly gotta remind ourselves to okay be up here
0: what kind of gear do celebrities travel with them do they have resistance bands do they have magnets i have no idea
2: depends depends so um we could do a workout in here i'll Mm. always find something uh i do lamp curls uh, lamp curls we could do pull-ups underneath the table Mm. we can do planks we can use a cushion to to um you know do stir the pot um i have i have training bands that i like to send with people okay so i have i have two two different kits like mini bands and super rubber bands that i use a lot
0: i find those are really convenient for travel cuz they don't weigh very much correct
2: how about blood flow restriction you ever mess around with that i have what do you think i tore my my bicep a couple of years ago and in my rehab i did that
0: okay and i did an episode a while ago on that with the guys from b strong and it's it's really interesting i mean you you put these bands on and you you don't you know, that that restrict but don't fully restrict blood flow mm-hmm. and you don't have to have much weight and you just grow muscle. It's it's kind of ridiculous.
2: Yeah. So I'm not an expert when it comes to the science, how backed up we are by science, if, if it works or not, but it, a lot of people are swearing by it and it looks like it. it's really beneficial and that's good enough for me.
0: I, I may or may not have done that yesterday. I was doing a, a bunch of filming and, and also in the morning I, I brought my, my bands and I pumped them up and for about two days afterwards, like there's an inch more blood flow, so at least you're getting a pump. But the science that I've seen shows, that via something called HIF one alpha, um, it actually is growing more blood flow and by changing lactic acid levels, it is growing more muscles. So, have you heard of this 70 hard program that's out there? Have you heard of this 70 hard? Program that's out there? No. Oh, man. They're telling you, like, for just 70 days, it, it's like an hour and a half of exercise and drink a gallon of water and meditate for this and read this. And I look at that, I'm like, that is a recipe for overtraining if I've ever seen one. it's, you know, seven days a week. You have to do this stuff. Seven days a week. Yeah. Just for 70 days straight. And it'll wow. change your life. I'm mean, like, it'll change your life by either blowing out your adrenals or giving you an injury in a joint or a muscle. Um, but there's people who are kind of swearing by it. And I, I like to talk to a professional trainer about the yeah. pros and cons of, like, all right, I'm just going to go all in and there instead of 17 out of 20, which is what you teach. It's like,
2: look, just 70 days of doing it right. After that, I can just go eat pizza again. Yeah. Pros and cons of that approach. Well, first of all, they're not giving you any tools for, to succeed after. Right. That, that, that's a problem I have with a lot of these extreme diets and, and workout plans. They give you absolutely no tools. So, mm. so the second it's over, you're, you're, you know, what do I do now? So so that's one issue. But yeah, to, to work at seven, you, you, we know. We know that you, you'll get overtrained okay. after se- seven days a week, 70 days. I don't do that with my superheroes that I built. I would <laughs> I never. <love> that. <laughs> right. I spend one hour, five days a week, maybe six during the build-up.
0: That's still pretty heavy. I mean, these guys are it sleeping is. a ton. They're probably taking testosterone if they need to. Uh, they're probably eating tons of protein. Probably taking extra amino acids. Like, what, what do you do nutritionally when someone's just pounded it out five days a week for an
2: hour? That would blow me out. Well, what I do is I, I, we don't work the same muscles every day. Okay. So I target different muscles every day, and then we allow that muscle group to rest and recover while working on the next one. Supplement wise, multivitamins, B12. I, I'm a big fan of L-phanine. Okay. Um, because we, we know that. that it can help with lowering the stress hormone, the cortisol. So, um,
0: the stuff in green tea, you just take it before bed or you take it in the morning? Both. Both, okay. Both. So, it's good with the The more the better if,
2: if if you're building a superhero, you know, you. I, I do it both morning and, and it, at You need a lot of aminos when you're trying to build amino- muscle like that. Well, yeah, prote- protein or or BCAs, per branch chain amino acids. Okay. Which. Which. If you eat a lot of food, you 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 might, you know, you, you don't, might not have to do that. But I think it's very convenient to have branched chain amino acids or or you know some protein powder with you. Okay. Um,
0: Plant based protein powder versus whey or animal based protein powders. Well,
2: take? the most bioavailable one, is we we know, uh, whey egg is high. Vegan, not as much, but I I do think it's interesting now when we're starting to get to a point when, because you you need a vegan protein powder. First of all, you need all the essential amino acids, the whole, you you want it to be full protein. So you need to mix vegan protein sources, but we know the quality is not as high. So I I do think it's interesting now when we start to play with added BCAs, Mm-hmm. in vegan protein powders and as a matter of fact i'm i'm working on that myself right now i'm being a vegan vegan protein powder with added bcas
0: okay but i mean uh, are you i'm vegan not vegan now? i'm okay. not vegan yeah
2: I've, I've been challenged a few times to try it for a week but i'm not really that interested
0: i've had a lot of conversations with vegans over their first steak in 20 years and i'm always honored when that happens. And the look on their face afterwards, like I can't, I didn't remember how it felt to feel this way. So there's something that happens there. And so I don't want to you know, go on an anti-vegan kick because I, like I said, I was a vegan for a long time and I, I get the ethos, but I also want to know if I'm working out five days a week and I'm having you know, one of the gazillion plant-based protein powders that says in big letters, plant-based and there's like four animal-based protein powders on the bottom shelf that are more expensive. I'm like, yeah. I would buy those yes. because yeah. I actually get a higher return per minute of exercise. And so I, I want people listening to, to just hear and understand that. And that's not, like, opinion.
2: It's, it's results-based. Okay. It, it's facts. You're seeing that. Casein versus whey protein. Well, whey, uh, casein is more of a slow release, so it's popular to take at night. I, I recommend whey over yes. casein.
0: I would, I would do the same. Um, casein appears to raise cancer risk, especially in the presence of other... Um, you know other compounds like aflatoxin which is actually pretty common in food just trace amounts but it amplifies how bad it is whey raises glutathione but a lot of whey also raises insulin which is great if you're trying to put on muscle insulin-like growth factor it's because insulin is a growth factor right so raise insulin so you, you could lift heavy have some whey before have some whey after with sugar right which we're not recommending and you're going to put muscle on right because yeah. of insulin um, but you might pay for it later do you look at longevity like I'm an anti-aging guy really? Yes,
2: that's 100%. And there's the balance there as well. So when I look at myself and what I eat and what I do, I look at I do look at longevity and health, but I also look at what makes me happy.
0: <laughs> well said, because that makes you young.
2: Because I think happiness probably m- makes life longer as well. It does. And 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 the quality of life should should mean something as well. So if someone told me that you know, you can't have your barata and, and your ribeye on a Saturday night with your glass of red, it's gonna take a year off your life. I might be okay with that.
0: Yep. So until, So until that last year.
2: Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully I've had a lot of good years until hey, that.
0: So... I would I would trade a year of life for many years of ribeyes because they're they're important.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, okay. I do I don't think they, they will shorten your life.
0: <laughs> Intermittent fasting, yay or nay.
2: I think it's a strategy that works for a lot of people. Okay. Um, I think any diet is a strategy. Okay. I've seen, I've seen also how here in Hollywood, how we, what, a lot of people aren't, now have a name for, for a poor diet. That's mm-hmm. what worries me. But there's a right way of doing it and, a, and a, the wrong way of doing it. Okay. So, um, yeah, someone who didn't eat anything at all, no breakfast and a little crappy salad for lunch uh now now have a name for it you know you need to um whatever strategy or diet you're on you need to do research and make sure you do it right so it benefits you
0: okay now we talked about intermittent fasting and you you said something really interesting you said have a little crappy salad for lunch but isn't salad good for you
2: Yes, but not if it's filled with croutons and don't have that chicken that you need. Yeah,
0: and it's got bad oils in the dressing and MSG. Exactly.
2: And okay. So could be, it doesn't have to be the salad. What I mean is that people that didn't eat enough nutrients before yep. now have a name mm-hmm. for a diet. And that, it doesn't, it's, it's not fasting only. It, it can be any type of diet. There, there's. Um, how can I put it? Well, that's what I've seen. To go back to the fasting, I've seen a a lot of, many times females that are not eating enough and and who now have a name for their diet and they they can hide behind that and say, and justify it. Mm -hmm. And then they have misunderstood fasting.
0: There are some who, okay, there's anorexia that's hidden or orthorexia, which are real, real things for men and women. There's something that happens with women who aren't anorexic, whether they're intermittent fasting or not, they just don't eat enough calories. They don't have enough energy because they didn't bring enough energy into their body. How do you teach them to eat enough?
2: Sometimes that's a challenge. The good thing now, after doing a couple of you know, very public makeovers with, with females, the proof is in the pudding. They know who I've been working with. They can see the proof. So when I say something, they will listen. So so it's easier. The older you get and the more experienced and, and, you you're, know. You're the voice uh, of
0: wisdom. It's like, all right, fine, I'll eat some more. And then they do it?
2: Y- y- yes and no. Okay. To change your behavior, it's not that easy. If, you, mm-hmm. if, if you're not used to eating a lot of food or eating a certain type of food, it, it's nothing that you change overnight.
0: So we're both relatively muscular guys. I'm probably a little taller than you. But do you ever sit down at a restaurant and just order two meals?
2: yes. Uh, one thing that i teach a lot of my clients is to order an extra starter a protein-based starter because also restaurants are being you know the protein is the most expensive thing on the plate except so, asparagus <laughs> maybe maybe asparagus then so um yeah i i like that two two mains is a good option but even better many times is to order a protein-based starter
0: okay What's your favorite protein-based starter at a restaurant?
2: Well, anything from a grilled octopus to a carpaccio, beef tartare. So I like to
0: stress test things by saying, what do extremists do? So what does an astronaut do to recover? Because they need the most recovery. Or what does an actual superhero on the screen do in order to look like a superhero? Which is why you're an interesting uh, person to have on the show, because you're saying the hardest case here where you have to be super lean and super ripped, which kind of go... They oppose each other in nature. Yes. Do you use keto as a
2: part of that? I've done once um, when I worked with Alicia Candor on Tomb Raider. And during the final weeks of our cutting cycle, she had to travel to the jungle, jungle somewhere in, in South America. So then I thought it was, this. this is going to be super simple if we, you know... I sent some MCT oil with her. She can get fresh fish. Mm-hmm. It was easy for me to control the diet. So um, not pure keto m- that many times. It really depends on who I'm working with. Okay. And I do, th- I do feel like people are responding to different diets as well. And I'm trying to stay very humble when it comes to pushing my diets on other people. When I, when I do these superhero movies... Uh, I want to start somewhere, and then I monitor, and mm-hmm. then I make adjustments.
0: Right. Um, I love that you said there isn't one diet for for anyone. And I've written a book about how to kind of dip in and out of ketosis. But the only thing in there that I'll tell you works for everyone is don't eat foods that cause inflammation. Like, that works for everyone but they so what is the list? And so it's kind of frustrating because people always want the one thing that works.
2: Well, I think, find it fascinating that you you say, when we're talking about food that causes inflammation, that can be different. And I think that's why you have people on the other side that are saying that no, no food can ever cause inflammation because we can't prove it. But we do we do know that yeah, we're all different, and and it might cause inflammation for me, but not for you. And so I, would, so I would like to cook a, a
0: meal for one of those people. Yeah, because I know how to cause every kind of inflammation. I'd cook a meal that had him feeling hungover the next day, and I'd say, "Don't worry, the food didn't do it. It's just because you're weak." <laughs> so, like, you can stack a lot of inflammogens in one meal. Yes, you know, some deep fried soybean oil right? Lots of sugar, some gluten, some casein, some artificial sweeteners, and a bunch of plants that aren't really food that we can eat when
2: we're not starving. I'll stick to my steak.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, let's talk about steak, grass-fed or industrial process. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. All right, let's talk about steak. Grass-fed or industrial process?
2: Um... I order grass fed. So what I do is I order my meat from uh, in boxes that come on, comes on dry ice, where I know that I'm getting it. I want to know where I'm getting my meat from.
0: I I did the same thing when I lived in the U.S. Now I just raise the animals myself. We have three cows and 25 sheep and 25 pigs. Yes. And I feed the pigs a special diet. Otherwise, pork fat is kind of in the middle. Of the it's, it's relatively high in omega sixes because they feed them corn and soy. But mine don't eat that. So. Um, when I'm home, I know what I'm eating. When I'm on the road, though, I look for restaurants. My assistant drives her nuts. And she helps me find places that have grass-fed meat. And I say, grass-fed, grass-finished?
2: And if so, then that's the restaurant. I'll go there five nights in a row. And thank you. Grass-fed, grass-finished. Yeah. That's a big one. So being European, we, we you know, my pl- what. My platform's very mixed. I have a lot of Europeans following me, and they are confused when when I keep talking about grass-fed, because where I'm from, everything's grass-fed.
0: It takes about six weeks of grain feeding to make a cow diabetic. I wonder what happens if we go on a crappy diet for six weeks. Does that do the same thing to us? What's your take? Does it?
2: Here's an interesting job that I did. I, I worked with Mark Ruffalo on a TV show called I Know This Much Is True he's playing twins I was hired to make sure that one twin was 40 pounds heavier than the other so first of all what I convinced him to do is to let's take him down 20 pounds below his normal for for twin number one and then gain the 40. Okay. So it's just an additional 20 but what we did I was manipulating insulin and sugar we the first thing in the morning, last thing at night, you know, ice cream, whipped cream, banana, a lot of fast carb sugar uh, at the wrong time. And yeah, he, I know he, his inflammations came back and and he he felt crappy. And um, yeah, we tried to do it as healthy as possible, but that was, that was an interesting six weeks when we did that. Wow.
0: So you actually use circadian timing as part of breaking the system as well as building it. So yes. you don't have clients eat after the sun goes down kind of a thing?
2: Yeah, unless you've been performing at 9 p.m. and you haven't had anything to eat all day. Then it's okay. different. But yes, right. I, I do that. Yes. So it, basically you do the opposite.
0: Yeah to 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 mess (laughs) so i have sugar in the middle of the night and the first thing in the morning and you're gonna just really quickly put on 20 pounds yes okay 40 pounds i i'm amazed i I think it was tom hanks a while ago he had one role where he had to be like gaunt, and and like wow the fortitude to be able to get that lean just for a role and then another role where he had to be like 40 pounds overweight and i I remember the interview to him just saying god i never felt so bad in my life but i mean the fact they can pull off that swing or um I've had a chance to talk with um, Gerard Butler uh, and I mean, the amount of muscle that he'll put on in like a few weeks for these
2: roles. I mean, he's a guy from 300 and just, you know, like completely cut. Well, I think it's important to know that you can't put on huge amounts of muscle mass unless you start from scratch. I wouldn't be able to. So when when you you hear this constantly that, oh, no one can gain that much. I mean, I did it challenge with a female youtuber a couple of months ago who gained six pounds in 30 days by me just helping her remotely was it all the dexa scan scan said it was all muscle it might have been out of the stuff too yeah who who cares she looked great she got stronger but here's here's the thing if you take someone let's say someone who's been running 10k four times a week who's never hit the gym Eating poorly, they're going to put muscle on like no one's business, right? Just by changing their diet, they're going to change, put on muscle. So that's when you may—that's when you can do these extreme transformations. And if they start from anything else than scratch, it won't be that radical or extreme. It just won't. I have many people I work with when we didn't, you know. Can, can you cheat a little bit?
0: Like okay. I. This is going back about four or five years when SARMs first kind of came on the market. I put on twenty nine pounds of muscle in six weeks without changing my exercise or diet. What I do like, I, I went. I remember really well because I packed a shirt that I would wear on stage, and I get there and I put on the shirt, and like the buttons are popping. I can't wear the thing. I had to like go buy a shirt. What, at some what local did it store. take? I took four different SARMs, the selective androgen receptor modulators, like LGD4033, GW501516, which increases mitochondrial biogenesis. You and I need to talk.
2: What's that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I I haven't, don't haven't, really know what that I is. I have a
0: post about this, but basically Real. you take testosterone. Testosterone works. And I've been on testosterone since I was 26, full disclosure. I used to have less testosterone than my mom in my mid 20s because I was obese and I had all sorts of metabolic dysfunction and um, estrogenic, toxic mold exposure. So my yeah. system was just wrecked. And I keep my levels at about 700, which is where they ought to be for a guy my age or guys younger. So I'm not super high. Not, you know, the bodybuilders are at 2000. But testosterone turns into estrogen through this process of aromatization, which you're familiar with. The fatter you are, the faster you are aromatizing. There's genetics involved. And I tend to over-aromatize anyway. So I block that uh, with some herbal stuff and, and all so I don't make too much estrogen and I can excrete it more quickly with another thing that helps your second detox pathway. So I do all that. But these SARMs, they activate the androgen receptors that testosterone was. But testosterone might have like a two to one anabolic to estrogenic ratio. These things are like 200 to one. So they just turn on the testosterone without turning on the estrogen. And I mean, it it was so ridiculous. I actually ended up hurting my shoulder because you can't grow cartilage and tendons as fast as you can grow muscle. So I'm like like stupidly strong, like, you know, you hear the springing sound and then you get to do shoulder rehab. And I'm not recommending this to anyone. In fact, it was probably not good for me, but I've just, okay, and I did my post about SARMs. I'm the guinea pig. But I've often thought between some of the stuff we're doing at Upgrade Labs, it puts muscle on about three times faster than just lifting iron, right? Things like isometrics, but with a moving force and some other technologies in a new book I'm working on, Um, like blood flow restriction, for example, or the bands that you sell, right? Like all of these are better than what we did before. So it's like, there's all these things, but you combine those with the right, Chemicals and stuff happens uh, where it could be can you get naive. those prescribed?: A few doctors will prescribe them, but most of the time they're considered research chemicals, but they're rampant in the bodybuilding community, yeah. but also the anti-aging community, because my favorite one, uh, GW501516, also known as Carterine, um, okay. it's not really an androgen receptor modulator, but they always call it one it causes you to grow more mitochondria a lot more and mitochondria as you know they're power plants in the cells but they're also protein manufacturing and serotonin manufacturing and they're they're actually factories so when all of a sudden your body puts these on more so than you get from cold water exposure whatever else like okay i got my like manufacturing plants but what surprised me is that i didn't modify my food i already eat a good amount of protein and fat and all that kind of stuff high quality not too many carbs but some carbs and uh, just the the change I, like i had to buy new clothes wow. in six weeks did you have any side effects one of them is one of the four that i took and they're in my blog post on it um i think it was lgd 5066 one of them has a mild testosterone suppression so you do a post-cycle therapy and you know you know in hollywood it like, gets rampant people need to get ripped for a role All right, fine. i'm going to take testosterone for a little while not, not a problem in fact it's i think mm-hmm. very common and, but I'm fascinated. How do, you, how do you get that vision
2: to look at someone and be like, you know what, they need a little bit more lats. And that- it's, it's a lot of monitoring. Well, first of all, when, when you do a big movie, you sit down from the mm-hmm. get-go with possibly the director, but definitely with the actor, and you talk about the character because you're building a character. Mm-hmm. Who is this person? How do, what's your background? What skill set do they have? Are they angry? Are they animalistic? And then you try to shape and mold that. And um, that's a big part of it.
0: That's really cool. I never thought of it like that. So you're kind of like a, a sculptor. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Well, it is,
2: it is a part of it. And I think now if you look at the Northman, my, my latest project with Alexander Skarsgård, I did Tarzan with him as well. And, and you can see if you compare the two body types that now we wanted someone who, his spirit animal is a wolf bear and he's, he's angry, he's, he's got a, he never felt love. He's a Viking that you know, destroys everything in his way, in his path. And you can see that, the way he's hulking forward and, and, and moving. And that, we worked hard on building that into the character. Um,
0: that is a really cool, really cool project. I, I love knowing that you did that. I want to know, what was the most challenging of all the the makeovers and, and all the training things you have to do with the one that you're like how am i gonna do
2: well there's been a few um i think the the mark ruffalo makeover was extremely challenging because i, I had never done that before and <clears throat> you, you know you don't know if you're going to hit it, hit the mark that's that's how it is every time you can only do what you can do and then th- that's it i think any project i would like to go back to any project the most challenging thing is once you hit the mark first day of filming now you 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 built someone up they have a lot of muscle mass low body fat now we're going to film for six months you're going to run around like a maniac 12 hours a day on a movie set how do we stay in that shape and and um that's where that's the hardest part because i'm with someone on set and i overlook everything they do and try to get a feeling for how, how do they feel? How are they overall? What's their energy level? Do I need to up the calories a little bit? Do I need to lower them? So that, yeah, that's the hardest part on every single project to to maintain.
0: It's the maintenance. So you can get them there, but keeping them there over the course of Six months. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I, I never understood uh, until actually, it was Brandon Routh who explained it to me. Who played Superman in, in 2006, and I just had no idea. And I think most listeners, unless you've really thought about it, the behind-the-scenes pressure, including really low-quality food, as you've seen on the set, right, as well as just those crazy hours and nighttime shoots and really bad lighting. Like some of these guys are putting, you know, the, the glasses on between sets just to let their brains relax, and then they try to sleep after that. And I want to go there on sleep because I think they're some of the worst sleepers because of all this disruption. And you interviewed our mutual friend, Michael Bruce, recently and introduced all my listeners to what your video on sleep, uh, which is what's on your YouTube channel.
2: It is, yes. And
0: what's your YouTube channel first?
2: Magnus Method.
0: Okay, so just Magnus Method on YouTube and magnusmethodapp.com is where people get the app.
2: That's my training app with all my superhero programs and the nutrition plans as well.
0: Good deal. So there's a huge wealth of knowledge there. So what
2: do you know about sleep? Like, well,
0: first of all,
2: I find that a lot of my clients that don't sleep enough are v- really stressed about it. Okay. So I think you need to allow yourself to set yourself up for success by s- turning off cell phones, removing them an hour, two hours before bedtime if you can, um, making sure not to drink coffee. After, after five for me, it's individual, I feel like.
0: After five? You're Swedish, though. You guys just drink coffee. In fact, the highest coffee drinking per in the capita world. in the world. That right? is right, my yeah. friend.
2: Ten cups a day. Yeah. But uh, I also did a DNA test when it said um, we'll most likely consume a lot of caffeine. So you're
0: a fast metabolizer.
2: Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, um, no, coffee or caffeine not too late. Um, making sure not to eat sugar or fast carbs at night. And um, maybe not do a high-paced... Workouts too close to bedtime.
0: Well, you talk about at least in your video um, that I saw between three and twenty-minute segments before bed. Specific things to do, and which is definitely like don't drink coffee too late. So, what are what goes in those three to twenty-minute segments?
2: Well, what I do is I I turn on the lights, um, make sure to remove move my my phone. Um, I don't have the I, I don't have the luxury right now to. To, to turn off myself two hours before bedtime um i make sure to prepare my cold brew for the morning i have my routines that i do and um
0: okay just it's mostly like a slowing down and a dimming of the lights
2: dimming of the lights for sure slowing down removing too much lights and, and electronics I,
0: after a lot of reading and just a lot of experimenting uh, i am fully convinced that when it comes to improving sleep, light is a a more important thing to set your circadian timing through the SCN than food. So it's like light, food, temperature in order, right? So even if you dim the lights, you eat a bunch of ice cream before bed, you, you did it wrong. But if you say, I'm going to leave the lights on and eat ice cream, it's even worse right but if you skip the ice cream and you dim the lights wow like even if you exercise a little bit late you're going to be okay and so the relative strength of those seems to be light food exercise um, but it's so hard uh, like i i talked to steve aoki when i interviewed him for his book uh, right before the pandemic and you know he's like doing stuff till two in the morning with like blinky strobe
2: lights with blue spectrum and even later than that i've been working with a lot of djs yeah okay so i've been to vegas way too many times and many times they get on stage at 2 a.m in the morning and they play to 5 and it is such a challenge it messes with your hormones It it messes with everything uh it's the probably the hardest job on planet earth um and uh it it is really hard i don't have a good answer for you there what i do what i do if i feel like this is a real issue and whatever adjustments i'm trying to make or help them with i i have an expert like dr michael bruce that i send Mm -hmm. them to so i know when when i'm when i i know what i know and i am not afraid of using my network of experts when needed so that's so cool I'm not an expert on sleep. I can't even hold a conversation with Dr. Michael Bruce uh, for, you know, why even try when he, I'm good at what I do and he's the man. Okay. What he does. So I think that's, that's, that's important.
0: It is, it's terribly important. and, And I think letting people know that you do that is really valuable because there's some listeners saying, I want to be a coach. I'm going to do it all myself. No, you're not. I don't do everything I do myself. You know, like there's all kinds of people who know way more than I do, way more than you do. You yeah. just have to know who knows what.
2: You need to know who to trust. How I do you to. know who to trust? Well, um I'm always trying to to take in new things. I'm ambitious at what I do. I'm driven. I I try to do my homework. So I I before I trust anyone with information, they need to, to pass, you know certain levels of security. So that's a good question. I, I, I don't have a straight answer for you, but okay. it, uh, it takes time.
0: Uh, so I've been going through over the last well, 20 years and just curating, knowing the right experts and getting a chance to talk to them here. And that's uh, so why I wanted to have you on the show because it, you build literally superhuman physiques and you do it under really rough conditions. So you, know, you go on the list of someone who is highly credible and that's like a, a Ray Dalio style of how believable is someone? Uh, and so I would say you're highly believable in, in your craft. So I, I learned a lot just about how you think about it. So uh, thank that, you.
2: That means a lot to me. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. And thanks for coming out to the Beverly Hilton to do a live interview now that we can do those again. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much. Guys, go to magnusmethodapp.com. There's a ton of info here and like I just said, Magnus knows his craft. He's spent enough time doing it and he's done it enough times in enough very highly visible roles that he's believable, which is why he's on the show. See you all next time. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey.